Uh, I'm going to say no one's better than me. But <laughs> yeah, let's go. Blow up. Welcome to the Wednesday, May 20th edition of Locked on Dolphins. This is your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Dolphins fan, USA Today's lead editor of DolphinsWire.com, senior NFL draft analyst at TheDraftNetwork.com, and we're going to talk about rookies today, thanks to one of the questions that was provided to me, courtesy of yesterday's Power to the Pod question submission. I thought this was worth a little extra conversation Talking about expectations for defensive rookies, obviously the Dolphins drafting Noah Igbahogany in the first round of the 2020 NFL Draft. Raekwon Davis in the second round is a bit of a surprise pick, both of those picks technically being surprise picks. And then the team going out and getting Jason Strobridge and Curtis Weaver in the fifth round of the 2020 NFL Draft as well. So there's plenty to talk about, but before we do, I did want to bring to everybody's attention... Ryan Fitzpatrick's guest spot on Eric Wood's podcast this week. This is something that came out uh, throughout the course of the day yesterday. It was referenced by Field Gates from ESPN. Eric Wood actually shared a segment talking about uh, Ryan uh, taking pride in representing the old school gunslingers of the NFL. And this was a really interesting conversation. And we're going to talk about how... Ryan Fitzpatrick, in the course of his conversation with Eric Wood, is illustrating his true value to the Dolphins, aside of being the starting quarterback, and how fortunate the Dolphins were to have things play out the way that they have since signing Ryan Fitzpatrick in the spring of 2019, which kind of flew in the face of conventional wisdom based on what we thought we knew about the Dolphins in their rebuild. So, with that in mind... Can we take a moment to appreciate Ryan Fitzpatrick's presence in the here and now in 2020 after the team announced that they were rebuilding and promptly signed him in 2019 and everybody, myself included, was pretty surprised that Fitzpatrick was going to be the guy because the general book on Fitzpatrick is, yeah, he's erratic, but he's going to play well enough for you to win a few games and you're not going to get the number one overall pick. And if you're rebuilding and your objective is a quarterback and so on and so forth, why would you sign Ryan Fitzpatrick? The Dolphins could not have drawn up a better outcome for having Ryan Fitzpatrick in the building because he helps set the tone, helps build the culture, helps the buy-in for the team, helps elevate and evaluate the play of the rest of the offensive players around him. Lo and behold, the team goes 5-4 and four over their final nine football games. The Dolphins still get the number 5 overall pick, still get to draft to a tongue of Iloa with the number 5 overall pick without having to trade up to get him and giving up extra assets. And now you hear about Ryan Fitzpatrick's perspective on being a veteran quarterback, and he's been in so many quarterback competitions, and he's won his fair share, and he's lost his fair share. Hearing the perspective that he brings to being a mentor at the quarterback position this really could not have gone any better for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick went on the What's Next podcast with Eric Wood. Eric Wood was a teammate with the Buffalo Bills who retired 
A bit surprisingly, I believe he had a neck injury that that seemed to cut his playing career short, but he's since moved on to podcasting, and Fitzpatrick came on the show, and they talked about the dynamics of being a veteran quarterback and the experienced guy in the building when a young guy comes in. And here's what Ryan Fitzpatrick had to say. The other thing in bringing in a new guy is that I always try and impress right away on these young guys. I'm here. Zero ego. I have so much knowledge. I've made so many mistakes in this league in terms of dumb decisions and throws. I learned how to prepare. I've learned so much about offenses and defenses and the way guys operate. Ask questions like I'm an open book. Ask me whatever you want. He continues to go on the conversation, turn specifically to Tua Tungavailoa. He says, I'm really excited. I'm really excited that they drafted him. I'm pretty excited because I watched him play at Alabama, and he seems like he's a pretty dynamic talent. Some extra filler there, followed by, for me, I'm his biggest cheerleader right now. He continues to go on and say, you know, part of, you know, some of the most valuable lessons that I can teach them is take a back seat and, and, and watch me make mistakes. Watch me take risks that you can figure out what can and can't work and talk to me about it and use me as the sounding board. But, you know, he, he didn't go on to say, like, I'm giving up the starting job. He still wants to play. He still wants to compete and win the starting job. And I expect that he will before the end of the the season. Things will eventually get turned over to Tua, provided the offensive line is playing to their potential. But to have somebody with this mentality, who's been in Ryan Fitzpatrick's shoes this number of times, and to still be willing to say, I am a soundboard, just talk to me about anything. All you got to do is take the initiative and come up and talk to me. If you're willing to learn, I'm willing to teach. And think about the dynamics of what he was able to do in elevating the rest of the team in 2019 offensively. Mike Isaki, Devontae Parker. The offensive line not giving up 700 sacks last year. It's impressive. And like, there's no way the Dolphins could have possibly have seen this play out like domino by domino and have predicted that all of this was going to come to pass. But this was definitely a calculated risk, and it's a risk that has paid off for the Dolphins because they they are having the chance with Ryan Fitzpatrick now to have their cake and eat it too, where last year they signed him and we said, well, shoot, like, is he going to win too much? Or are we going to not be in a position to draft a quarterback? They started really slow. They finished 5-4 and four in their last nine games. They did get the winning culture towards the end of the year with as outgunned of a roster as you can possibly have. He was paramount in establishing the, the connection from the coaching staff to the players, establishing the, the culture of buy-in, and now you have his mentor role that's really going to shine this year with Miami's hand-selected top five overall pick at the quarterback position, not the low-risk roll of the dice they took in Josh Rosen. This is about as good as we could have possibly hope to see it play out. Now let's see how it sorts out when it's time to actually put the helmet on and get out on the field. Want to talk to you guys about today's sponsor of the show, Built Bar. Built Bar has become a very, very important staple in my life throughout the course of the month of May, uh, ever since they sent their first sample box to everybody here at the Locked On Network, and I had an opportunity to try this product, and these protein bars that these guys have crafted are amazing. You know, they eat like candy bars. They have between 110 and 150 calories per bar. You're talking one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of a typical protein bar with more protein than your average protein bar. Uh, I had black cherry this morning. 
but I've also mint brownies. Like if I were doing a big board, mint brownie is going to be a top three overall pick. Uh, the raspberry chocolate is excellent. The cookie dough is amazing. So like whether you want fruit flavors or you want dessert flavors or you want anything in between, you want it with nuts, without nuts, Built Bar is the best option on the market for a meal replacement, a post-workout protein bar, or just a healthy snack if you're looking for one. We have a special offer for everyone at the Locked On Network and for Locked On Dolphins listeners. Promo code Locked On at BuiltBar.com gets you $10 off your first box. So please don't just take my word for it. Go to BuiltBar.com, save yourself 10 bucks with the promo code Locked On, and find out what all the fuss is about at the Locked On Network with Built Bar. Let's talk defensive rookies. Let's start first and foremost, obviously, with the number one pick on the defensive side of the football, Noah Igbahagany, who was a bit of a surprise selection for the Miami Dolphins. Many people assumed the Dolphins would go running back or another offensive lineman. But what the selection of Noah Igbahagany suggests is that the Dolphins are a team that is prescribing to the thought process, which is a growing thought process in the football community, that coverage trumps pass rush in its importance in assembling a winning football team. How does that work? Well, the Dolphins, they have Xavier Howard, who they signed last summer to a record-setting contract. Then this spring, they signed Byron Jones, to a record-setting contract. By the way, both of the Dolphins' starting safeties and Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain used to play corner, so they have man coverage experience. Then we get the 30th overall pick, and the Dolphins draft Noah Igbahagany. So if you're going to go with a nickel defense, which I would expect the Dolphins to spend a lot of time in based in Brian Flores' tendencies and his branch off of the Bill Belichick coaching tree, Sub-packages and matchup specific specifics are the name of the game, and that's how the Dolphins are constructed. Thought process for coverage being more valuable than pass rush came down to one really simple stat that Joe Marino, my co-host at the Draft Dudes, good great guy despite being a Bills fan, uh, provided for me in context, and it was the average time to throw from snap to release for all NFL pass attempts in the year 2019 was approximately two and three quarter seconds, 2.75. If you remember when we talked about Tua and where he needs to get better earlier uh, within the past week, we did that show concept. I talked about that internal clock for Tua, getting the ball out within two and a half seconds. Like that's what you got to preach. Shot clock, shot clock, shot clock. Well, NFL average is approximately two and three quarter seconds. An average NFL sack across the league in its entirety in 2019 added up to over four seconds to take transpire. Coverage allows that extra time to develop for more pass rush to get home to opposing quarterbacks because it doesn't matter how explosive you are, If the other team is going to run slide protection and they're going to do three-step passing game or they're going to do RPO style where there's sight adjustments, if the corner's playing 10 yards off and your receiver, you know, you can check him to a three-yard hitch and you'll just take the snap and throw it out there right away. 
it's very popular in the common uh, at the college level. Watched a um, uh, a coach's clinic as of late with somebody from Clemson. I believe he was in player development. That he's a part of the Clemson program, and they were using film examples from Deshaun Watson's final season at Clemson, and and a lot of RPO type concepts, and it was all site based adjustments. And if the defense is going to give it to you. Don't make any changes or checks with the offensive line. Don't make any changes or checks with anybody. You make a hand signal to the wide receiver. You and him are on the same page. You take the, the ball, you snap it, you throw it out there. Nobody's getting home in those situations, and that is the way the league is trending. So having corners across the board who can play up in the face of receivers and effectively play from the trail position and contest catches from the hip pocket is paramount. And that's what the Dolphins are buying into between their safeties all having corner experience and their corners, Howard, Jones, Igbahogany. This is the choice this team is making on what is most important. So this was a positional value pick in Noah Igbahogany as much as it was anything else. Obviously, they didn't need a corner with Byron Jones, Xavier Howard, Nick Needham, who was really promising, and Bobby McCain still lingering around if they wanted to go with a safety later in the draft. They didn't need a corner, but it was a top-rated player at a premier position in this team's eyes. I think that's a very important acknowledgement that we need to make. And with that in mind, I would expect Noah Igbahogany to be the starting nickel from day one. Yes, he's got to get better at his ball skills. Yes, he's a little bit raw, but for as raw as he was, super high-end athlete, right? We talked about that. We looked at the trends of what defensive back traits the Dolphins choose to covet. And that's the difference from Nick Needham, who ran in the high four sixes as a UDFA in 2019, and former track athlete with like Olympian parents in Noah Igbahani. Expect Noah to start. And expect them to play well. Really the only area that gave me concerns for playing right away for Igbahogany based on his tape was his ball skills. He didn't have a lot of experience working his eyes back to the football as he's playing in the trail position. Now, you don't have to coach players one size fits all there. So, if it's easier for Igbahogany to play through the hands face guard, react to the hands, you just got to get him disciplined to not establish contact too early, then you do that. If Xavier Howard's a little bit more of a ball hawk who gets his eyes back around, finds the football easier and cleaner, that's fine. That's what good coaches do. I remember hearing Nick Saban in a coach's clinic about defensive back play, talking about how he had, when he got to the Cleveland Browns when he was the defensive coordinator in the early 90s, he couldn't get these high-paid corners that the team had paid to backpedal to save their life. And he was trying to get these guys to backpedal. And then he finally had the epiphany that he could teach them to hit the same landmarks and execute the same coverages with their footwork in a half turn. So their hips are open a little bit. And they could flash and react just as well as what you would like to see a guy do in a traditional backpedal where his hips are squared to the line of scrimmage. That's a difference the Dolphins coaching staff is going to have to make with Gerald Alexander, the new defensive backs coach, and Brian Flores, and Josh Boyer, defensive coordinator, to take these guys and their strengths and weaknesses and work them into, as long as you're able to execute, it doesn't have to look the same for everybody. As far as Raekwon Davis, the team's second-round selection, 
This is a challenging forecast uh, because where I foresee Raekwon having the most value for the Dolphins is where he's most raw, to be honest with you. I think Raekwon can be a pocket pusher and a penetration type player, but he wasn't asked to do a lot of that at Alabama, especially over the course of the last two seasons. And it makes sense. Like, he... His consistency getting off of blocks could be hit or miss, but he's got all the traits. He can anchor at the line of scrimmage. He's got great length. He's got great power in his hands. He can execute, but I don't think he'll necessarily push for a starting role. Not At least not with Christian Wilkins, Devon Godchal, Shaq Lawson, Emmanuel Agba in the building. Where Raekwon, I think, has the opportunity to make the biggest impact on the Dolphins at least year one is as a gap-shooting interior defender on third and longs. That's where his traits project most favorably. And with Christian Wilkins and Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Agba, all of these guys have the capability with their power through their hands and the density. Another thing that we talked about in looking for trends in the the Dolphins and what they target on the line of scrimmage. They all have the ability to steamroll and collapse pass blockers. There's a reason why the Dolphins went out and got a bunch of heavyweights to play on the defensive line. Because if everybody collapses guys back into the lap of the quarterback, and you've got sticky man cover corners who can play in the face and throw the timing off, then your length shows up and your ability to reach up and bat bat passes at the line of scrimmage. Agbo was very effective at that. Raquan Davis. Think about his length and his wingspan. If he is able to, to shoot gaps, or if he's able to simply power rush, which is what he fell into most frequently as a pass rusher, take that guard and displace him three yards back into the backfield, really close down those angles, make it difficult for that quarterback to throw over his own lineman and your outstretched arm. That would be my realistic expectation for Raekwon Davis in year one. Sub-package, interior rusher. I think that's his best pathway to get on the field with success early on. Could he possibly take to coaching very well and a new role very well and be a plus potential starter? I think he has that physical ability. I'm not going to expect him to do that, though. If he does do that, it'll be a nice surprise, and I'm more than happy to say I underestimated what I thought his 2020 season was going to look like. Brandon Jones. This is the difficult one for me to peg down, in complete honesty. I have a very... It's challenging to try and figure out where the Brandon Jones piece of the puzzle is going to fit best relative to all of the other coverage options that the Dolphins have in their secondary. For me, the conflict with Jones is... I wasn't taken with his coverage appeal and man coverage relative to some of the other safety options that the Dolphins had in the draft. Uh, He didn't get a chance to do athletic testing. But he, generally speaking, was like good-eye disciplined, intelligence. That's pretty productive tackling as a fill defender, which makes me seem to think he would make sense as a third safety that could come in in dime packages and things of that nature and and allow him to get on the field, serve as an alley-fill defender against the run, kind of a rat in the hole 
which is code for like cover one robber, you know, that robber zone in the middle, in the hashes, in between the hashes, uh, in the intermediate area of the field, not the deep safety. But what the Dolphins could do with a three safety set that includes Brandon Jones and two former corners is you could flip and rotate and go ma- uh, matchups to allow somebody to be rolling down and playing man-to-man coverage against a tight end if it's Eric Rowe, uh, have the other guy rotate high and take deep responsibilities, and Brandon Jones plays the intermediate and can be the alley defi- uh, defender who's filling the box and filling uh, off tackle and be a tackler in those situations. I think that's where I'd like him best. Consid- trying to piece together that perfect role for the Dolphins' defense and considering Brandon Jones' strength. So I think he's a sub-package guy early on. Uh, I will be fascinated to see what the Dolphins' long-term plan is here for him. He's a top 75 pick. So they clearly have pretty big plans for him, but I think year one... That would be what I envision, but just because he's the third safety doesn't mean he's not going to see the field with plenty of regularity because the Dolphins are going to do so much week-to-week in matchup specific, and they're going to spend so much of their time out of a base traditional 3-4 or 4-3 defense and in uh, defensive back-heavy sub-packages to play mismatch game. Which brings us to our two fifth-round defensive ends, Jason Strobridge, who is kind of the poor man's version of Emmanuel Agba coming out of college out of North Carolina for Strobridge, and Curtis Weaver, who's a little bit more of a traditional off-the-edge, uh, I don't want to say speed rusher, because his speed's not really where he wins, but he wins with good hand counters, and he's got good flexibility throughout his frame. He's just not traditional length, and he's not of a traditional build. So Strobridge, I think rotational depth. Think about the the reps that like Avery Moss took throughout stretches of last year. That's what I would expect to see Strobridge fit into uh, your starting ends. Lawson and Agba, you know, you go four-man front, Godchow and Wilkins, you go odd front. Uh, I think you'll see Agba, Lawson, and, and Strobridge will be the backup in one of those two spots. And then depending on what down and distance it is, you know, they, they might get Wilkins at defensive end. They might get Wilkins at nose tackle in the A-gaps in early downs or against pass-heavy teams. So uh, a lot of the forecast of this defense is going to be week to week as far as – and that's the challenge the Dolphins have is they have multiple guys that can play multiple roles within the defense. Strobridge can be an interior pass rusher and a boundary – uh, very much like a Shaq Lawson Emmanuel Agba, where he's not going to overwhelm you dipping the outside or the inside shoulder and turning the edge around you, uh, but he can stack you up and get separation and then stack and shed and find the football. Curtis Weaver is the interesting one. Uh, I think more the Vince Beagle type role is where he forecasts best. Uh, his hand in the dirt relative to guys like Agba and Lawson, doesn't seem to make a lot of sense uh, for me. Weaver as a more, you know, outside in, you pre-package him leverage, especially with his lack of length, 
You ask him to win as a rusher off tackle. You can use him in some stunt game. He's a hard-nosed player. He hustles. Uh, He's just not a player that fits the mold of what you would expect to see the Dolphins put their hand in the dirt based on the way the Dolphins have gravitated towards signing new players and getting rid of old players. So Weaver, I think, rush specialist, rotational rush guy. If he comes in and he shows his hand counters are really at a high level, he can probably be a rotational guy uh, in year one. Uh, I would expect that for him based on my film studies of him. I liked Curtis Weaver. I thought he was a a second-round caliber player. Uh, but he seemed to fall on account of some medical stuff, uh, some body composition concerns, lack of length, all those things blended, and that's how you got to get out of the falls into the fifth round. But at the end of the day, he's a football player. He's a high-motor football player. He's a smart football player, and I think he's going to carve a role in this defense. It's just interesting to think, you know, can he bump Vince Beagle, who who ingratiated himself with his kind of hard-nosed play that's the same kind of, of mold. I think Curtis Weaver's more dynamic than Vince Beagle and has a higher ceiling, but Beagle ingratiated himself with his coaching staff. Beagle had a chance to get in here all throughout last year. Beagle has several years of NFL playing experience. Curtis Weaver's a rookie that played in the Mountain West. Expectations I'm a little leery on for Curtis Weaver because of how the NFL evaluated him, but you, if you ask me how I felt about Curtis Weaver before the draft, I was very much in, and I think he has a chance to be hybrid edge linebacker type role in the Dolphins defense based on uh, who they currently have that can fulfill that role and what Curtis Weaver has shown throughout the course of his tape at Boise State through three years. So those are my expectations at this point in time for the Dolphins drafted rookies in the 2020 NFL draft. Uh, what I think their most likely landing spots and roles are. Hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I hope you enjoyed the conversation about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I would definitely recommend you guys go catch that Eric Wood podcast with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Very engaging listen. Very enjoyable listen to Fitzpatrick talk about the game of football. Uh, he also talked about uh, doing right by the the old school gunslingers, and that was a fun conversation. Talk about you know quarterbacks doing stat watching late in games and stuff like this. So go check that out. And then while you're at it, make sure you hit subscribe on Locked On Dolphins so you can come back tomorrow and enjoy two more shows again for the rest of this week. I'm your host Kyle Krabs signing off. Thanks, as always, for listening to Locked on Dolphins, brought to you by Built Bar. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Come back and see us again tomorrow.